0: All right. All right. That's my Linda Belcher. Do you like it?
1: I all like right.
0: it All right. Do you, do you hear it?
1: I'd like it even more if I knew who Linda Belcher was.
0: <laughs> oh, Clay. Welcome to Beyond the Cart, presented by Lightburn. This is a podcast all about e-commerce, where we share some of our experiences building, managing, and promoting direct-to-consumer brands. I'm Nora, and today we're talking about the effects of seasonality on your PPC plan how we approach seasonality as it relates to paid advertising, and the unique challenges of running campaigns for clients with extreme seasonality. And because I'm not a PPC expert, I'm joined by my illustrious colleague, Clay Patterson, Lightburn's Director of Digital Marketing. Clay, welcome!
1: Hi, Nora. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for joining us on Beyond the Cart.
1: It's nice to be in this closet with you again. I know! It's very (laughs)
0: intimate, isn't it?
1: It is. (laughs) Intimate's a good word.
0: It's fun. As you know, this season, we're diving a little deeper on certain topics. Last season, we took a kind of higher level view. And so today, we want to talk specifically about products that have strong seasonal trends. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, you and I were talking about this earlier, that seasonality can mean a lot of different things. Like a lot of e-commerce sites have some level of seasonality, Right. right? Yeah. You know, let's talk about like, what do we mean by like a typical seasonality versus what we'd consider more extreme?
1: Yeah, I liked this topic because I think in a nutshell, everyone understands like what seasonality is at is a base level of like, yeah, I'm slightly busier at certain times of the year than others. But why I liked diving into this was that, you know, from our perspective, one of the cool things about working in agencies is you, you're just exposed to all these different kinds of businesses and, and brands and industries and markets.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it's been interesting that we have that historic you know experience with some of those extreme extremely seasonal clients yeah and we've learned over the years how that affects the other but I'm doing the math like you know let's just say it's all in two three months then what are you doing the other quarters yeah right to prepare
1: right yeah it's really tough because I mean it's exciting I would say on the pro side it's an exciting to work on those highly seasonal clients because it's just like Oh, my God! look at the traffic and orders they're getting every day, like every hour. But on the flip side, it there's obviously an added stress level just because the stakes are higher, yeah, you just like every day feels like a month in terms of like how critical it is and mm-hmm. and if a you know if a site goes down for a day, it's like no, it's much more important than a day because this is such a critical day or critical time time of year. So stakes are higher makes it more exciting. And then I think the other obvious challenge is that you know, compared to what we're used to with a more linear business throughout the year is that instead of this kind of gradual, comfortable pace of learning and optimizing and like taking lessons from March and applying them in April or whatever, it's it's just so fast and furious. And you have to learn from the prior year and then like really be ready to apply that the, the following year and just be ready. Everything is just a little bit different. Like, My whole mindset has to change of I have to be less patient, right, with with paid initiatives that aren't working for a non-seasonal client. It might be like, you know, give it a few more weeks and, you know, let's not do anything drastic. That's kind of my MO usually is let's not knee-jerk react or or, uh, just totally pivot. But with these highly seasonal clients, I have to force myself to think differently and say, no, we don't have time. I have to be less patient. I have to be, you know, have more urgency, yeah. which is a little bit unnatural for me. You're per- uh, personally, yeah. you're,
0: you're more of a slow, you know. I want, um, I want a big data intentional growth. Yeah, I want a big sample mindset. size always. So yeah. a campaign
1: has a rough couple of weeks. I always am trying to preach to clients, preach patience, and mm-hmm. but I can't do that with you know, a couple bad days, and I really have to have a good case for keeping it up a third day. You know, yeah. so that's, it's it's definitely a, a mindset adjustment from that. Like that's a big challenge, especially because I might go from a in a single day, working on one of these highly seasonal clients, to then working on another client that isn't that way, so it even Shifting more messes my brain within around within a day yeah. or yeah. a
0: week. I mean,
1: that's agency life, right? Yeah. The in and out, and the the getting your mind to the right place for what you're working on, and making sure it's appropriate for them.
0: Yeah, and so I think one of the things that that I see, you know, I'm I'm not on the you know marketing side as much as the production, building the sites and maintaining them. Um, one of the things that that we try to do to prepare for that is make sure that anything that could go wrong is prepared for. Yeah. So we, can, you know, like you said, we all cannot the contingency
1: risk. plans and yeah. The, yeah, yeah,
0: we can't risk a site being down for even a right. day or a few hours in that, you know, microcosm of a whole year's worth of revenue or 80% of your revenue in eight weeks. Right. You know, every day counts. So, you know, we do things like, jack up your like server bandwidth so that we can handle that higher traffic or have redundancy plans so that if something goes down, we can get it up more quickly than if you had, you know, less risk involved. Totally. So that supports your efforts so that you don't have to worry about that.
1: Exactly. And I would say, I mean, this is probably true for any type of client that year two is easier and better than year one just because, you you know, you know a lot. You have a lot of intel. I think that's Mm -hmm. even more extreme with seasonal, though, like going through a crazy, hectic, Peak season really makes the next year a lot more like, or at least we know the ins and outs of like what to expect. Yeah, so it, it helps, you know, that so many of our extreme seasonal clients were, you know, we've we've been with for five or six years now. Yeah, that lowers the stress just a little bit. that peak season. I mean, comes.
0: a little stress during that time is is a good. Yeah. Good motivator, yeah. right? It's healthy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah um so what what are some of the things that you're doing to prepare like as we're entering especially if you've got something that really like ticks over let's say Black Friday is the kickoff yeah or you know Memorial Day might be a kickoff for something that's more you know summery
1: a summery yeah uh, product. so yeah what
0: do you what are you what are you doing in the in the weeks and months ahead of that
1: yeah it's a great question because it's kind of another one that is so different from a non-seasonal that uh, that, that off-season, if you will, whatever that is, uh, however long that is, is so important for, like, laying a foundation. Building, building out campaigns, or at least campaign shells, or, like, getting set up on ad platforms, like, that's helpful to do six months out because just everything has to be finely tuned, ready to go to, like, flip this on switch and have everything in place.
0: Yeah. Now, would you say, you said flip on. Do we sometimes campaigns are totally flipped off would you recommend that
1: yeah I, I guess that is specific like to uh like paid advertising initiatives it, maybe it doesn't have to be an on-off switch as much as uh it's running at five to ten percent and then it gets switched up to 90 to 100 yeah. percent. so it's valuable to introduce them to your brand at any time and yeah. try and get them into your ecosystem and get them on your newsletter list and uh just just get them in your world whenever like i'll i'll take that any time of year even if we're not getting that purchase right away.
0: Yeah, and so that messaging might be different over time whether it's in the ad itself or on the site. Like you said, like let's say we want to build up that email marketing channel. Yeah. Um then maybe those campaigns that are running throughout the rest of the year are driving you more towards signing up for news. You know, that's that's going to be a shift in the advertising and the messaging, right?
1: For sure. Yeah. The the other thing I think about with like off-season strategy with these highly seasonal clients is is incentivizing becoming a customer in that off season in season the incentive is that it's topical it's like fitting for that time of year that's the incentive to shop and buy then outside of that you have to find some other incentive to get them in you have to give them a deal a discount something that's like this is why you'd be buying from us now even though this may not make logical sense based on the the calendar and where we are in the calendar
0: yeah, so would you say maybe going a little heavier on promotions, discounts, just to get them in the door?
1: Yeah, I think that's a totally why I mean, I think about like I've never bought a uh, lawnmower. I have a hand-me-down lawnmower, but I think Lucky the you. smartest time to buy it is uh, like I like fall, right, when it's seasons over, yeah. and get your snowblower in April, and you're probably gonna get a better deal. It's not exciting. Again, people, you know, people want to be part of the that. Season like mm-hmm. they want they want it at a time that makes more sense when they
0: can use it right but, away. But so yeah. that's why you have to
1: kind of make up for it. It's like hey, we know that you're going to buy this and not use it for a while, but here's here's a good reason to yeah. do that. And you know, we're always thinking about those kind of things.
0: Total tangent, but I was just reading this um, story of Edible Arrangements. Oh yeah, which is just it's like, like a, a really, bazillion dollar company
1: now. Well, yeah. it's
0: gone up and down, and so like in 2017, 2019, I think they were kind of struggling. It's a franchise, and they were getting their lunch eaten by they just weren't on for digital marketing like mm. they were people would search edible arrangement and get a f- 1-800 flowers and yeah. they weren't prepared for it Sure. and so they were really struggling and then the pandemic hit and they became an outlet for people who couldn't get an instacart you know slot sure but could get a basket of fruit oh delivered. i
1: bet they crushed it during so the they yeah. yeah
0: they really found a way to Become less seasonal, I think, mm-hmm. and become, you know, follow their customer to yeah. where their customer is leading them.
1: They're an interesting one, too, because it isn't necessarily, they're seasonal for sure, but it's not one season. I can just imagine the unbelievable yeah. peaks and valleys of like every holiday getting ramped up for like, oh, it's Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Now it's not Mother's Day. Oh, it's Father's Day. Now it's yeah. not. Oh, it's you know, yep. Christmas. Yeah. Well,
0: and that brought up something else that I wanted to talk to you about is that that seasonality. We, we do have a, a client that is like, an edible gift Mm -hmm. and so we do see some of those peaks for yeah every um, holiday on the calendar is good for them and it's just
1: nothing's as good as thanksgiving christmas thanksgiving
0: christmas is always going to be the big one but you know mother's day we always see a a little jump easter Easter, yeah. and one of the things about looking at historic data which is so important when you're talking seasonality is that those dates change and so like
1: easter especially yeah but this no is- yeah that's a that's a crazy one that we see that in the numbers of like why was this spike three weeks off from the prior year it throws
0: off your whole because like, it'll oh, hit in march or april changed yeah and the the holiday timing changes so i think that's probably going to happen too with seasonal products that are more based on weather so like if you've got something that's really like a summer mm-hmm. product If you if your summer isn't starting until later. (laughs) um,
1: You're in Wisconsin Wisconsin, and there is no summer. Yeah.
0: Well, no spring. Like, I bet there's lots of stuff that people usually start ramping up buying in the spring to prepare for summer. Yeah. That they're just not thinking about this year because it's just so dreary. Different
1: geographically. yeah, Yeah. I'm not
0: buying shorts for my kids yet. Right. Last year I might have been by this time. Yeah. And so that's a real challenge is like taking that historic data that's so important and laying the context of like what's happening in the real world. When did Easter hit? When, when did the weather change? Oh, yeah. And using that, you know, you, you may see an opportunity that, okay, well, then we're really going to have to crush it in June. If right. we didn't make as much in May because the weather right. was crappy, well, then we're just really going to gonna have it. to hit
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully it'll be warmer in the fall. You know, hopefully yeah, it'll let even out somehow.
0: <laughs> or I, we've even had, if um, Black Friday is late, that's such a kickoff and we can it's lose an enormous
1: a whole... difference yeah. for our clients when Thanksgiving falls. Like yeah. that's, that's just another thing that's been so interesting is getting into these meetings and it's like, well, Christmas is on a Friday this year. So that's great news for shipping. And I'm like, oh, OK, it yeah. makes sense. It I never you thought about it. More yeah. Days. Uh, yeah. Four or five more days in this critical season is a real thing that I point to for why one year might have been better mm-hmm. than the next. I'll just be like how how dare Thanksgiving be the 28th mm-hmm. instead of the 23rd. That's a killer for us.
0: Well, and that's one of the reasons that we do always try to find ways to ramp up that off-season spend. Yeah. So, how can we start helping grow the business for, you know, like maybe we're growing Easter a little bit more so that it, we've got a little bit more opportunity outside of that small window.
1: Yeah, part of it for our, I mean, specifically for our mail order pastry client is, is it like a thing of we just need to, people obviously love this product. We need to just convince them there's nothing wrong with loving it at different times of <laughs> years. Like it's, uh, there's, you know, there's certain seasonal products like Adirondack chairs, say,
0: Ooh, hmm, where, what an odd reference. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: it came out of the blue. Um <laughs> Where that's like an actual, in this kind of climate, that's an actual hard product to use in certain months of the year. Yeah, yeah. Whereas delicious, you know, pastries, Mm -hmm. cakes, it's like, I I understand why it's always going to be a Christmas tradition, always going to be, but there's that one, it's harder to make the case of why can't this be popular in the summer and Mm -hmm. the spring and whatever. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Let's assume that Bilberry West is going to have some of that. I don't think it'll be quite as extreme as some of our, you know, all your revenue in eight weeks yeah, at the yeah. end of the year. Yeah, It
1: won't just be July. Let's but hope not. It'll be pretty seasonal. <laughs> yeah.
0: But you know, we're we're preparing to you know get things turned on as soon as we can, but that there would probably be a pretty significant peak in the spring as people are, you know, pulling out their patio furniture and know that they need to replace something yeah. or you know looking at that so everyone
1: gets that first uh like warm breeze that they're like let's sit outside like Mm -hmm. everyone it is gonna hit everyone that mindset
0: yeah Uh, so what would you you know let's let's step through what what would that look like what are we what's the plan for Billberry west because we're gonna be scheduling a meeting with you pretty soon i would say
1: the plan is in progress but as far as i do know what our general approach will be and a, a big part of it is is the mindset that we all need to have uh, especially like from the paid advertising perspective that year 1 this is going to be a year of learning and that's going to be the first priority is like learning as much and collecting as much data from this first season as we can to to make great decisions moving forward obviously we want to have great sales and and have as you know good an ROI as we can from these initial campaigns but that's a difference that I know I would have from a few years ago is like priority number one can't be uh, like this just has to return X amount or yeah. else. Uh, we really just need to prioritize learning this, this first year and testing as many different things as we can just to, to lay that great foundation as we go. Uh, so yeah, to me, it starts the plan with that, that approach of like, let's learn as much as we can with these dollars and and make the most of it from a Experimentation and, and testing standpoint.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, one thing that you always do that I, I really love is that you, you follow what works really quick. Like you're willing to switch on a dime. If you had a plan that was a mix of, you know, Google shopping and paid search and social, and then you see all of the, you know, revenue is coming from that, you know, Google shopping. Yeah. You follow the money and you don't let, that stop us especially if you have something that's really seasonal you don't have time right to waste yeah
1: i I appreciate the compliment the funny thing is so much of that comes from being wrong so many times (laughs) like i'm just i'm just so conditioned now to you can have a great plan but it's so hard to predict Mm -hmm. what uh the internet at large is going to do and how they're going to react to your brand and and how your message is going to resonate with all these different types of people so Yeah, you have to be nimble. You have to be uh, humble that the best laid plans can shift quickly and and really should based on the the numbers that you're getting.
0: Yeah, you embrace that change and, you know, being wrong. Yeah,
1: it's like we look at a lot of numbers before we start. We look at like search volumes and like, you know, expected click costs and like all this data that's predictive. It just doesn't mean nearly as much as the actual raw data that starts coming in. Like I, I put more stock in like, a few dollars uh, of spend worth of data once we're live with actual human beings actually searching and actually clicking our ads and getting to our site, then like all these forecasts from all these great tools, so much more emphasis goes into the, the real numbers once they start coming in.
0: Yeah. So how far in advance? a season, even within a a, a client that we have more experience and and data for, would you suggest that that conversation start?
1: Ultimately, it's hard to actually make the case. It's too early to start planning, too early to start uh, writing ads and writing messaging and thinking of our audience, geographic considerations. So certainly, you know, for speaking to our clients, as summer turns to fall there, that like three months out is when you really need to start firming up a plan and Mm -hmm. having those conversations going back to my point about how maybe it's not going from zero to a hundred but it is like going from 10 to 90 yeah ideally you could do that in a couple of steps you're going from 10 to 40 to 70 to 90 it's never great to go from like let's spend ten dollars a day to be like actually now we want to spend a thousand like that's just going to throw their system for for a loop there so you want to kind of Ramp have that as stepping stones to get there it may happen very quickly those steps might be every couple of days yeah. but i always prefer that over such a drastic increase getting all that much more aggressive so that nice.
0: actually leads to another question i have which is how does reporting change during that time like are we would you say <laughs> are we reporting daily yeah. at this
1: point it yeah it really is for it it's just a frequency thing mm-hmm. it's you know off season may be very appropriate to report once a month or every other month on how things are going, assuming that it is kind of status quo and, and almost
0: a passive yeah, approach. Yeah, right. Things. As long as
1: things haven't fallen off a cliff yeah. or it's there's not that much news to deliver, just because of the stakes being so much lower in that yeah. time. But then come come peak season, it is yeah, it is a daily a daily thing for us for these you know accounts that thirty or forty days on that calendar is going to make or break their year. I think it. It certainly deserves to be looked at all all 30 or 40 of those days. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah. And you're like in contact sometimes, right? Either oh, yeah. You know, a phone call daily Getting or almost daily. Getting a pulse them. Yeah.
1: That's the other thing with, you know, client service is uh, we try to be sensitive that, you know, we think we're stressed because it's our <laughs> client's peak season. Like, what are they going through emotionally? How are they doing? Like, I, I you know, just like doing those health and wellness checks, if nothing else. Like, yeah. Can we help with anything else, even if it's? random and not like digital marketing like how are you are you getting sleep it goes from hey haven't talked to you in two months to hey me again we talked this Feeling morning okay. but I got another question <laughs> this afternoon uh how are you?" Yeah.
0: yeah and so I think it's important for us to remember that as as we're ramping all that up everything on the operation side is doing the same thing yeah so you're you know stressed with there's maybe ramping up hiring during mm-hmm. that period there's getting your fulfillment yeah. ramped up. And so and to, making sure
1: all these teams are talking to yeah. one another, right? Because often they're, they are like different vendors or mm-hmm. different partners, but there's got to be some conduit or liaison, if not all getting in the room together and just, just making sure that it, everyone's talking to each other and yeah. on the same page with what we're doing, when, why, and is this okay for you? Is this going to have a domino effect and impact some other area of the business Yeah, that and we're so not maybe thinking of?
0: We get a little nosy, I think, when we're looking, yeah. you know, let's say that three-month mark, before the seasonality really starts we're we're like what else is going on with your business because mm-hmm. it's nice for us to know oh well i'm gonna have hip surgery yeah. um you, you know november 27th mm, okay file that one away yeah why well, i
1: just schedule for november 27th yeah, next all... question yeah separate
0: question but you know like knowing about the things that you know maybe a client doesn't realize has impact right on, on that period for right. us it does because yeah. that may that may make them less available to us if they're in the midst of Changing their shipping partner or right. something like that right another thing that I think you do such a good job of, and our whole team does, is not not letting a bad year dictate the next year.
1: yeah, that's been a lesson learned over time for sure is that this the whole digital landscape changes so much that I've learned you know maybe a little stubbornly, maybe I dismissed a tactic or a platform or you know. I'm done with Google search partners and uh, dismiss it as just I've seen enough bad numbers. But that's pretty naive to three years later think that uh, a company like Google or a platform like Facebook hasn't maybe made things better or changed their approach on this ad offering or campaign type or whatever it is that, you know, don't dismiss it forever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe set it aside that year, but be at least open to the possibility that something that maybe didn't work the first time for Whatever reason, the circumstances might be different the next year or two years later, and it might work then.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking it's kind of, of just
1: always being open minded, I guess, in a, in a broad sense.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking of LinkedIn. I feel like w- yeah. that has really shifted in what you can use, you know, five years at. ago.
1: My go to line, like, I it was a, always an impressive ad platform and always offered something that search didn't, as far as being able to target companies and target job titles mm-hmm. and getting right in front of the right decision makers. But uh, the party line at Lightburn was like, "Ooh, it's expensive it's to expensive. advertise there. It's it
0: worth it? Yeah.
1: That's not necessarily true anymore. And I have to just, like, stop saying the same line mm-hmm. I've said. You know, you, you just have word association, LinkedIn advertising. That's going to be expensive. You just have to break that cycle because now it's it's just not, you know, compared yeah. to how other ad costs have risen on other platforms. It's, uh, it's funny the cycle that we've done on that is we did a lot of LinkedIn advertising for clients five years ago none two or three years ago and now we're doing a lot more again yep. it's you know and you have to be open to that
0: yeah so then the other thing that we always do that i think is really important is what do you what happens after that season that crash that post-christmas crash? It's like the world's
1: biggest collective exhale uh, is the first thing i all go thing. to jamaica yeah, yeah. i always hope my seasonal clients have like an awesome vacation plan for, yeah. for when the dust settles but Really, uh, yeah, a key thing, I think, is all getting together uh, when the time is right after while everything's still kind of fresh in people's minds and having that, that debrief, that regroup of, and it has to be a candid conversation, right, of what went well, what didn't, what were the pain points, what kept you up at night, and it's not just, you know, for the sake of chit-chat, it's you're, you're hoping to learn, you're hoping to get information from all this that you can apply in the future and remember next year and adjust for. And Take then that, that gives you, like, a, exactly, that gives you, like, a, a laundry list of off-season to-dos, really. You can address mm-hmm. all these things that there's no way on December 14th we were going to address that, like, kind of quirky glitch when you do X, Y, Z. Yeah. But February 15th, like, let's, let's get yeah. to that now. The, uh, and there, it'll help us the next year.
0: There have been some good ones, too, where we've noticed, say, you know, a particular user journey that could be, improved or you know leaned into and so that gives us some some production work to do yeah to optimize something that you know maybe that's gonna increase conversions for that type of user
1: yeah i mean we talked a ton about advertising but quickly like an seo tangent would be that off season would be the time to do those technical fixes on the site yeah. that are gonna be rigorous and and uh you know Alter things on the site that we would never want to do in that peak season, but that's a great time to do that kind of stuff too. Yep,
0: yep. That's the that's kind of the blessing is that you have that like time to make changes and experiment a little bit in the off season.
1: Yeah, definitely. That goes in the pros column of the extreme seasonal businesses. Mm -hmm. I feel like i only had one pro of like it's exciting, (laughs) (laughs) and then there's all these challenges to it. But that's another good one. Yeah.
0: that right. stuff. There and, are
1: some low stakes, uh, a much longer period of, of lower stakes where you can...
0: Yeah, it's a clearer, you know, it's a very, it's a much more clear line of, you know, is this mission critical, this update, mm-hmm. or is this something we're going to file away, put on the list, yeah. and save it? Like, that that list just delineates so much more clearly. For sure. With these seasonal clients. So... Man, I think we talked about so much.
1: I think uh, we—that's yeah, (laughs) seasonality. What else is there?
0: Yeah. So you know what I really take away from this conversation is that you you gotta you know know your data, know know historic data about your market, and do whatever you can to be ready to flip that switch. Mm -hmm. That's like you can't be too prepared.
1: Yep. Have a different you know do your best to change your mindset and and be willing to break what are customary comfortable habits and then also you know at the same time it's still about learning and evolving and learning from what you've done it just happens a year at a time instead yeah. of maybe a week or a month at a time yep
0: and then you know being open to what does it what does your messaging what does your combination of tactics look like seasonally mm-hmm. and being open to that change yeah yeah so clay thanks so much
1: for coming thanks for having me this, this was, was great. fun.
0: Beyond the Cart is produced by Lightburn. Today's episode was edited by our very own Stacey Tisher and recorded in downtown Milwaukee with Ray Pfister at Fifth Floor Recording Studio. Special thanks also to Clay Patterson for joining us today. Our music is the song Let's Go, Go, Go by Tigerblood Jewel. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume your audio. You can always learn more about e-commerce at lightburn.co. I'm Nora Lal, and I hope you'll join us next time for Beyond the Cart.